listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am Samael. Welcome to a special episode, episode 83, The True Knot, where we will be discussing the brand new movie, the long-awaited Doctor Sleep. Yeah, almost 40 years. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. We weren't even alive when The Shining came out, so... No, no, but, you know, we have a very high opinion of it, of course, uh, as you guys may have heard in our last episode. If you have not, go check it out, episode 82, All Work and No Play, where we uh, discuss The Shining, but, yeah, Doctor Sleep just came out. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting stories about it, but we're going to get into all that stuff, including our review, of course, in the main segment. Before we get into all that... As always, we have to start out by giving a shout-out to our favorite host network, Sports Radio Detroit. And you can find Sports Radio Detroit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up SRD Sports Radio Detroit. That's SRD Sports Radio Detroit. And you can find them at sportsradiodetroit.com. That's right, fiends. So go check them and all the other awesome shows on the network out. We are going to begin with the horror news as always so lots of cool developments uh, since our last episode this first one probably the biggest one um, and although there's not a lot of information yet it's still pretty exciting so what's going on sam so one of my favorite franchises is being brought back from the dead for the next film it's we've it's been well awaited since 2011 that's when scream 4 came out and now we have a resurrection of scream after the you know TV show and all that stuff. Now we're finally getting a movie. Probably the return of uh, uh, Nev Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, David Arquette, and Courtney Arquette. So, most likely. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, there really aren't many details about this next film, but there is going to be a new Scream film. And supposedly we're going to see Ghostface back on the big screen where he belongs, in my opinion. You know, this the show was cool. I think the first two seasons, even though they had their faults, was like a, a pretty decent attempt at Scream. But uh, I am excited for a new film. Of course, the one big difference is that Wes Craven, RIP, will not be directing this one for the first time ever in the film franchise's history. Just give it to Eli Roth, man. You think he could do it? I think he yeah. could do it. Ha- if it like Haunt did well, and the robed killers were kind of, I think, his little homage to Scream, especially the the ghost Mitch. Yeah. So I think I think he has like the right mindset to make a movie like this. Eli Roth has made some fantastic films, so I I think Eli Roth can pull it off. So. I mean, unless Blumhouse wants to come and ruin it for us. Well, no, because this one is being done by uh, Spyglass Media Group. That's fine. Um, So, I mean, and they're supposed to be doing uh, the new Hellraiser reboot as well. We kind of heard rumors about this, you know, swirling around uh, a little while ago, but the new movie is confirmed. 
we'll see who's attached to it. The only thing that we do know, I guess, uh, based on this article at least, is that the original uh, Scream writer, Kevin Williamson, will not be coming back to this film. So, Damn. I mean, that's a little disappointing, but I, I was thinking about it. Yeah, I think at, at least if like a kind of established horror director or someone with an intimate knowledge of, of you know, the, the genre steps into the director's spot, I think there's a good chance it'll be successful because it's always been like a meta thing. You know, even if they do a reboot, it could technically work because it's Scream. Yeah. So as long as, you know, you have some some meta reboot stuff, you know, uh, about the horror genre, which has been circulating nonstop recently, I think that could be all right, too. So we'll see once there's more information, you know, we'll let you guys know, of course, but uh, still pretty exciting. Uh, the next article uh, also features a uh, Guy Pierce. Like last week, uh, we review. Uh, like last week, we talked about the Christmas Carol adaptation. Here's a new movie with Guy Pierce that's being called kind of uh, a horror version of Training Day. Meet meets the Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, the the Exorcist meets Training Day, being done by Cinestate and Fangoria, and it's going to be called The Seventh Day. I think it's going to be pretty good. I usually enjoy enjoy these like fangoria movies so they never really let me down yeah that's fair I, what what other stuff have they uh produced like wasn't satanic panic one of them yeah and uh th- so was ghost house we watched okay. that one yeah all right yeah so i mean hey well you know it's it's a horror magazine and stuff i i would hope that they kind of know what they're doing this one does seem pretty cool though the fact that guy pierce is in it as the star already is pretty awesome and it's going to be written and directed by justin p lang i don't know off the top of my head what else he's done but maybe those uh films we mentioned i'm not sure i have to check but um yeah still pretty exciting i mean the the premise alone a renowned exorcist teaming up with a rookie priest for his first day of training and they plunge deeper into hell on earth etc etc so it seems pretty cool i guess it really depends on what the actual like plot's going to be sounds like boskin kind of yeah Kind of, except at the beginning, we don't really know straight up that, or or anything that's happening, really. Yeah. But yeah, no, it it seems pretty cool. I wonder if it's going to have that kind of drama style cinematography and and whatnot, but... I like that cinematography. Yeah. I'm just thinking of Training Day right now. Like, what if that was a horror movie, basically? I'm thinking of some, like, Harry Potter-esque cinematography right now. No. That would be interesting. That's more so, I guess, for that uh, Christmas Carol movie. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Even like the Dracula TV show, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, kind of. I guess it's just that British touch. Like, I don't know. But um, I'm, I'm still pretty excited about this one. Like I said, it depends exactly what's going on with the story and stuff. Because, at least for me, like, the exorcism movies, I don't know, recently have just kind of taking me out of it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's way too many of them, and it's like the same cliche thing. Yeah. Oh, no, we're possessed. Let's call a priest a priest. I can't do it. Fine, let's get a guy who's not a priest, but he's a badass, and he yeah. kind of used to be a priest or something, like Curse of La Llorona, and like, I don't know, all these ghost house and possession movies, like, I'm just so sick of them. Like, I'm, I like The Conjuring. I like The Possession. I like Insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the newer Amityville that came out a few years back, too. Surprisingly, I didn't think I was going to like it. But like they're just such a pain to like sit through like yeah i agree dude i mean yeah there are a handful of like standouts but for the most part they're all pretty much the same like i've seen so many of them recently most of them have just felt so similar to me to the point where i'm just like 
over watching it like halfway through the movie you know because yeah. i can kind of like just call what's gonna happen so not gonna lie i'm over possession movies yeah and i've been over zombie movies since the walking dead that's fair so yeah it'll really depend on if this one has that ability to be unique i think but uh still pretty uh cool concept and a cool announcement stay tuned for more info on that one this last uh, article here is about tremors 7 Yes, oh seven God. fucking Tremors movies. I I didn't watch the last one that came out, which was like the ice one or whatever, but I watched the first five. Yeah, I mean, you know, after the first one, they really kind of decline in quality, but uh, the fact that Burt Gummer keeps coming back and doing his thing is pretty cool. The, the big news about Tre- Tremors 7 is that Richard Brake from Three From Hell and Devil's Rejects fame is going to be co-starring in this along with napoleon dynamite himself yeah john heater uh which i mean you know everyone knows him as napoleon dynamite but he's done some more serious roles and he's actually a a pretty pretty good actor so i'm i'm interested to see like what his role in this one's going to be tremors has kind of become a horror comedy franchise sort of you know like there's a big emphasis on the humor so um i think he can fit in why not an eight-legged freak sequel let's do that (laughs) We need David Arquette, though. That would be actually awesome. Because low-key, I love that movie. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's just a lot of fun. So that'd be cool. Yeah. But hey, Tremors 7. Be excited. Oh, my God. I guess they're going to be like, uh, uh, what are they called? Graboids or whatever? I think so. Uh, And they're going to be on like an island or something now. That's like the big uh, thing with this movie. Honestly, I watched the first three. Mm -hmm. Me and Alir when we were kids. Like, we got through one, two, and three. And after that, we were just like, yo, man, fuck these movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. They, they're they all kind of roughly similar. Now it's like each movie, basically, the, the one up is, all right, where can we set it this time where it's like a unique location? New Mexico. What, yeah. What new, uh, I think there was one in New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, the, what kind of like new, you know, uh, worm can we, can we make? And then finally how many more guns and what kind of bigger guns can we put into this movie? So it's kind of become an action thing almost. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I might check it out, but, uh, mainly just for Napoleon dynamite. Yeah. Mainly. (laughs) So, uh, let's move on to a few trailers here. Now we're going to go through these pretty quick and then we'll get into our review of Dr. Sleep. So the first one actually, uh, played at the Dr. Sleep showing in the previews uh it's called fantasy island yeah so a bunch of people go to this island and then they're like oh this island will create your fantasy or whatever and then it goes overboard and people have fucked up fantasies where they want to torture high school bullies and other people wanted to fight in a war or whatever and then there's like swamp people coming out and grabbing people and it's bad shit yeah, it looks pretty wild, and um, if any of that sounds familiar to you, it's because this is actually a film adaptation of a series that came out in like the late 70s, early 80s, I believe, uh, if I recall correctly, and uh, that, to my knowledge, was not like super horror heavy, but it kind of had a similar premise, it was more of like a drama thing, but you know, it was it was a series, so it was episode by episode, and each episode had like guest stars or something like that. This one has a much more serious like horror tone. Um, it does look pretty good. I mean, I'm interested to see like what all the fantasies are and how they kind of come about. And mainly, I'm just interested in Michael Pena as Mr. Rourke, who is kind of like the enigmatic 
owner or whatever the fuck of the island. He knows what's going on. Yeah. So I, I just love this guy. I, I can kind of not really see him that much as a villain just because uh, he played that one fast-talking uh, funny dude in um, Ant-Man and he's been in a bunch of stuff in like comedic roles. So I'm kind of interested in that. Otherwise, it looks fairly standard. It's a Blumhouse picture, you know, so it, it could be hit or miss. But that's Fantasy Islands coming out February 14th, 2020 in theaters. So if you want to take your boo and go see Fantasy Island, then there you go. The next one is coming out February 28th, 2020. So not too long after Fantasy Island. And this one is the new Invisible Man. The trailer looks awesome. I felt like if they didn't give the whole movie away, it would have been even better. It would have been cool if the trailer just didn't really explicitly show that the guy faked his death and turned invisible. If they yeah. just like... Well, it does kind of uh, hint at that, or at least say it explicitly, I think, in like the plot synopsis and stuff. So if anybody kind of read anything up about the movie, you kind of get that anyway. I still think it gave a lot away regardless. Yeah. Like nothing super serious, like any twists or anything like that, but just showed us so many scenes, so many uh like violent, you know, uh action shots and stuff like that. It's like uh I don't know. And basically just showed her character development in the entire movie. So yeah, that's uh what that's a whole other discussion, I think, horror trailers now at least just give too much away anyway but yeah the movie looks pretty good like the atmosphere is there i think the actual premise uh still holds up we thought it was interesting before now in the trailer you know i'm still interested to see like what becomes of um this new dynamic between the two and everything like that so didn't i call it though i was like there's gonna be stuff moving around and then she's gonna think there's like a spirit and then later on it's like he's invisible like yeah no i kind of figured because once it goes to like the modern suburban house environment you know that's i don't know that's just kind of what happens but at least this one is kind of unique just because it is an invisible man and like you said kind of reminds you of hollow man yeah so i think it's gonna have that same kind of vibe so uh be on the lookout for the invisible man looks pretty good and this last one is the least like horror uh, on this um episode but if you're a horror fan you still might have um, you know, a childhood kind of love for Scooby-Doo. We all must. I mean, it's one of my, I'm wearing a Scooby-Doo t-shirt right now. I do love this series. Have you watched Return to Zombie Island yet? Not yet. You have but, to watch uh, it, dude. I have to, yeah. ASAP. I'm <laughs> telling you, it's so good. And I just bought the Witch's Curse or whatever. Oh. Yeah, so. I got a lot of Scooby-Doo uh, catching up to do. <laughs> but there's a new uh, Scooby-Doo movie coming out May 15th, 2020 in theaters. When called... Scooby met Shag. No. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. It's just, it's just called Scoob. Scoob. Yeah. Well, gee, Scoob. And based on the trailer, uh, we're actually going to see not only the never-before-seen kind of origin story where, yeah, Shaggy met Scooby, and uh, we're also going to see, you know, them growing up and investigating uh, the dog apocalypse, it says in the article. Basically, something about uh, Cerberus. So the Scooby-Doo stuff has been kind of doing this thing lately where they kind of embrace the more, like, supernatural stuff. It's not all just, you know, people and... Um, masks and outfits anymore uh which which i dig i mean it's cool it's fun you know it's a kid's thing so it's fun uh but the action looks cool i mean i'm not really like 100 percent sure what the story is based on the trailer yet but it doesn't really matter it looks fun uh looks well animated 
The voices are good. People are kind of pissed about Matthew Lillard not coming back to voice Shaggy, but I think the guy that they have is fine. Well, it's a young Shaggy, so obviously they would have someone different. Yeah. I think it's uh, Will Forte. It might be this. Fort- I don't know if that's the same guy from A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to check, but I do recognize the actor. I think the voice is fine. Uh, the, the character designs look pretty good, too. Um, some people are complaining about Fred not having the ascot. Grow up, you fucking adult children, okay? It's not that serious, but the movie looks fun. I'm excited for it, and it's it's good that we have another Scooby-Doo movie coming back to the big screen. It's been a long time. It's been too long, and I'm gonna go see it. I don't care how old I am. Exactly. I feel exactly the same way, so be on the lookout for that one May 15th in theaters. Right now, guys, we're gonna take a very brief break to uh, give some other SRD shows the spotlight. So stick around. We'll be back in just a moment with Dr. Sleep. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about Flea. I, d- I didn't know anybody I had so many just, feelings. I do. So many. I got feelings. feelings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair. Your final word in pop culture relevance. All right, Fred, so the people at Sports Radio Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow. I want them to cut me a check for Parsons and Slow. Well, um, I've, I've Googled some keywords, and I'm going to uh, put them here in a promo. So, so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah, uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us. On iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available or will kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast, brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. What are we doing? We are talking about the sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Doctor Sleep. And from what I hear, unfortunately, money-wise, it's been bombing. But yeah. critically, it's been doing fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, people have mixed opinions about it, as I've seen across the internet so far. But uh, yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, uh, early reports have the movie pretty unsuccessful at the box office which is uh, pretty surprising considering you know it is the sequel to the shining uh it's directed by mike flanagan who's one of the more prolific horror directors in recent memory um you know after doing oculus hush uh gerald's game haunting of hill house etc but uh so that's actually kind of what i want to talk about first but you know before that if you guys are not familiar with dr sleep as we mentioned, it is the sequel to The Shining, released almost 40 years later, based on the uh, book of the same name by Stephen King. As we know, uh, we talked about it last week, you know, Kubrick's version is pretty significantly different from King's book. 
So this movie kind of is attempting very ambitiously to blend, you know, Kubrick's The Shining and King's The Shining and Dr. Sleep. So it's a crazy effort, but yeah, not doing it very well. I wanted to discuss that because um, I'm surprised by it, quite frankly, and I think it's interesting. I think there are a lot of reasons, but uh, why do you think it hasn't done that well? I think just the IQ of the movie viewers, you know what I mean? The audience. Uh, I mean, because let's be real. If Blumhouse releases Paranormal Activity, right off the bat in the first day, it's going to make way more than Doctor Sleep. If they release another Conjuring, just because people like to dick ride, I feel like the word is, like to dick ride these like super Hollywood-ish, stereotypical boo haunted house jump scare movies. Mm -hmm. And they really don't want to take that 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 change in direction and view and like actually watch something that's that's iconic really i mean i I just talked to my plumber told him we went to go see dr sleep and he's like i love that book this and that have you read the book and he's talking about abra and stuff like that so he knew exactly he says he doesn't want to go see the movie because it might differ from the book and i think that's another reason too people that know the book are kind of scared to go watch it because it's supposed to be a sequel to kubrick's the shining Mm. so i mean i think it did well I think it did well. It was well paced. The score was amazing. The acting was amazing. It was so well paced. It did not feel like two and a half hours. I mean, it felt like two and a half hours, but I wasn't sitting there like, man, now I got to sit here two and a half hours. Like it unfolded perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, no, no drawn out scenes. No, nothing. Everything had a purpose. Everything tied in at the end. Everything that you saw earlier in the movie that you had questions about is answered later on, like those psychic vampires and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it did well. I think people are just scared to go see this movie because, one, they're either fans of the book, or two, they're just stereotypical, casual horror fans. I think the diehard horror fans will see it, and that's why that's where it'll make its money from, much like a lot of these like classic horror movies, like Slumber Party Massacre and stuff like that. Same, yeah. It's the cult following that really does it. It's not really the mainstream appeal. And when you have a movie as cult as The Shining and like a book as cult as Dr. Sleep you're going to have a really limited variety of people going to go see it. And it's all people who are really diehard fans. Yeah. I I do think, you know, the shining had that mainstream appeal for sure for a long time. I mean, even still in many ways, but to me out of all the classic horror movies, it does almost feel like kind of niche just because it's, it's an insane film, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty popular, but I also think you're right. I feel like probably a lot of people don't know about it um, or haven't seen it, especially like the more casual crowd. Not to like necessarily shit on them or anything, you know, but still, I also heard uh, people say and read people say that they didn't even know what Dr. Sleep was. I will say that. I mean, The Shining definitely way more culturally significant, way more popular. It is a brand name. Dr. Sleep, even though it's based on the book, and I think it's it's still kind of right for the movie to be called Dr. Sleep Mm -hmm. due to it being, you know, the sequel and an adaptation of the book primarily. But a lot of people said they didn't know what it was. A lot of people don't really read now, you know, and if you don't read and you're not a horror fan or whatever, then you probably don't know shit about Dr. Sleep. So if you see this, you're like, oh, Dr. Sleep. I don't know what the fuck this is. It looks weird though, so I'm probably not going to go see it. And it was kind of being marketed as the sequel to The Shining, but I think the marketing kind of failed too. I didn't see it like 
everywhere. I didn't see a ton of advertising yeah, that or was, as much as I wanted. I think the problem was it not being advertised explicitly as the Shining sequel. We see clips, like moments yeah. of the Shining in the trailer and like, you know, the head in the door, but not a, not a lot of people recognize that iconic here's Johnny moment, you know, yeah. or the red rum, you know, like mm-hmm. I think for, for some people you have to explicitly state that it's a sequel to the shining that way they go back watch the shining and then see this yeah I, I so apart from all that stuff i also heard some other reasons one being that it was right after halloween so maybe people just didn't care enough i also know that it was veterans day weekend so at least here in the u.s it's it's a thing with you know certain demographics certain regions of the country so maybe that played a factor and then, yeah, to kind of go along with what you were just saying, you know, the the trailer at least and, and the marketing and stuff, some of it, yeah, there was, you know, Shining references and, hey, this is a sequel to The Shining kind of here and there. But then the rest of it is this like weird new story, you know, so maybe it just didn't really, you know, strike a chord with some people. It didn't really interest some people. So I, I kind of get it. Even when the book came out, I was like, holy shit, there's a there's a sequel to The Shining. You know, but having never read The Shining, I didn't really have any interest to read the Doctor Sleep book that much. With the movie coming out, you know, is cool, but I, I can see that kind of being the case for a lot of people too. So probably some mixture of all those factors led to the release basically being like way below average. And hopefully it does well internationally. I haven't checked like those numbers. But I do think it's a shame because I I do see this kind of going down as, you know, probably not this, you know, huge success, of course, and probably won't even really be talked about too much in like mainstream media and maybe even mainstream, you know, horror or uh, just movie stuff. But I think it's going to go down as like a respectable, well done follow up to the shining and as an adaptation of the book as well but you know uh putting all those elements together i think yeah probably will throw some people off too because you know people who have read the book they're gonna look at it like oh well this is completely different yeah the ending's different whatever is different etc and so if you're like a diehard i guess loyalist to you know having everything be perfectly adapted etc then you probably won't like it, but you probably didn't like The Shining either in that case. So I don't know, but, but yeah, probably all those factors. It, it is a shame. I I th- I thought it was enjoyable. You know, it was really different. Um, I think probably a lot of people are going to be thrown off by the fact that The Shining is this like psychological horror, and even though this movie has horror elements in it, it comes off more as like this adventurous dark fantasy which yeah i like i thought it was done super well but i can see how that might throw some people off from even attempting to go watch it you know i saw a lot of people just like i'll just wait for the blu-ray it didn't really throw me off um it had definitely had stephen king vibes like yeah had it chapter two vibes uh same kind of cinematography as well as the original shining as we saw near the ending had the same cinematography as the Mm -hmm. beginning of the shining just it was dark and had Shit, shit tons of snow and yeah. shit but i felt like it was done well the pacing was well the acting was great ewan mcgregor is a goat yeah. uh, the little girl who played abra is really good 
Mm-hmm. The psychic vampire ideas were pretty cool since we had never been introduced to them in The Shining. Mm-hmm. We were just introduced to the ghosts that wanted the the steam from yeah. The Shining kids. We never knew about the, the psychic vampires. And it all tied in together well. And then, you know, going back, mild spoiler alert, to, you know, the the hotel and everything, I think was yeah, perfect. Was in the trailer. I think it was perfect. So, like... I don't have any gripes with this movie at all. I really don't have anything to bitch about. I usually have a lot of things to say, but not this time. Yeah. No, I was impressed um, with many aspects. I mean, I, I I had a few gripes, but overall, I was actually really impressed. Mike Flanagan had this monumental task of blending basically three people's work into this movie. So I can see why it might be daunting, might be a little jarring to people, but... Uh, in the context of like the film itself as a sequel to Kubrick's The Shining, at least, and keeping it Stephen King-like, I thought it did a fantastic job. Because to me, not only... So here's the thing. I, I thought it did this perfectly because, yeah, it blended the the visual style of, you know, the first film, which kind of is a Mike Flanagan staple at this point, but it looked filmic you know it it had that uh that i I can't really explain it but there's some kind of overlay with with either the edit or what they shot on or something and that color palette and the lights looked similar to you know the 1980 film yeah um it had the the crossfades which i love i don't know i just love crossfades you know but also for some reason still very indicative of the shining you know, it had this similar kind of cinematography, but then whether it's just like a consequence of the story itself, or if it's also what Flanagan did to kind of incorporate everything, this felt way more Stephen King like to me than The Shining did for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say, especially yeah. with the whole focus on like children and like them being like <laughs> killed, as we yeah. see in a lot of Stephen King's. Like, yeah, he, you know, there's there's something to be said about his depiction of children i mean they're very common in the books there's often these like psychic children so even though it's not like the central focus of the shining it is here as ewan mcgregor gets older and meets abra stone who is this very powerful uh, girl with the shining allegedly the most powerful girl with the shining yeah and you know she's being pursued by this uh group called the the true knot who are like these psychic sucking, you know, vampires, vampires of some sort. It's okay, you can say the V word. Yeah, they're there's something, you know, that's kind of indicated in the in the trailer and stuff too, but it, it's a cool concept. You know, if anything, I like that Stephen King always has a really unique idea to throw at us and, you know, this is a much broader, much weirder narrative than The Shining goes outside of the hotel and has this random group that we've never even heard about or anything but expands so much on like little things that came up in the shining you know so um it's very ambitious it's a big story it almost kind of reminded me of bram stoker's dracula because it's this big adventure it basically goes across the whole u.s uh in the movie um, which is really cool. And I, I really enjoyed that. You know, yeah, I thought the progression was good. I have heard some criticism that it was boring. I mean, I guess that really just depends on, you know, how you see the film. But I mean, it I wasn't have, boring for me. I have legit 
ADHD and autism spectrum disorder. So if I can sit down and watch this, your lazy fat ass people can do it too. It's boring. Maybe you don't have the intellectual capacity to understand like a good movie. Like these motherfuckers are like, this sucks. But then they'll watch something stupid on Netflix, like Murder Party or something stereotypical, like Stranger Things. But this is the greatest thing ever in the world. I think you know some people have differing opinions and feelings about certain things that's that's fine i definitely don't think it was boring i mean from um you know a writing standpoint narrative standpoint basic storytelling this fit everything together perfectly and like i said we haven't read the books so i'm not going to comment about that stuff because you know some things differ but in the context of this film and its relation to the shining the story you know was was complete to me that there weren't really any plot holes i didn't i didn't get hung up on fucking stupid things like people always get hung up on you know like well why was Susie wearing a red dress does it fucking matter tom you know like shut up so i've heard enough of that shit but there are some legit criticisms i will say uh overall yeah i did really enjoy i like the story i like the character development for the most part i actually wasn't like a huge fan of the abra character and I'm sure she's fleshed out a bit more in the book because it allows you to kind of do that. But in the movie, eh, I didn't care that much about her as the character. Honestly, the only person I really cared Danny. about was Danny. Yeah, me too. Which is fair, but, you know, her story kind of overtakes his. And he's kind of like this auxiliary piece to her story. But it's still kind of about him. That's the only place where I it kind of lost me. But I was still intrigued enough with what was happening to, like, not really care about that but i think that's one of my main criticisms and probably the reason why it's not like a five out of five movie for me um but overall i i really liked it yeah they we could talk about the the actors the recasting i thought that was actually great that was pretty good the chick from starry eyes played uh shelly duvall's character yeah wendy yep and uh i didn't like the the jack torrance stand-in yeah you know what here here's what i'll say it was not uh, not enough scruff that's my only problem uh, so he's played by uh, Henry Thomas, who I've seen in other stuff. I think he's a good actor. I don't know. Like, the faces were obviously different. I'll say that much. And I think he actually got most of, like, the kind of body language and mannerisms of Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance down pretty well. Huge props to, like, the the makeup and hair and, and wardrobe department. Oh, yeah. Because I think they fucking nailed it they nailed it for all the characters like the look when when you don't see their face the look is pretty much perfect at the beginning i couldn't tell that wasn't the original danny riding on the tricycle yeah until we got like that zoom in of his face yeah no it was it was great yeah i saw his face and i was like all right that's obviously not the original kid but uh they're all still pretty good they got the mannerisms and they got kind of like the vocal you know inflections and just the way that they talk down pretty well so props to them for that at least but uh yeah i think that these were kind of supposed to to harken back to kubrick's film but also kind of you know play on like how king originally wrote these characters to be more or less but uh i thought they did a good job with that i didn't mind it you know i thought i was gonna hate that they recast everybody but i really didn't the guy who played dick halloran carl lumbly was actually probably my favorite recasting me too that was my favorite hands down yeah he did really though shelly was a second Shelly's yeah. recast. She was really good. I mean, the kid who played Danny was okay, but it's a kid actor, so, you know, you can't really expect, like, pitch perfect, but 
everyone was was pretty much you know good um so i I liked that aspect a lot and i mean what else uh what else can we really touch on i overall like i said i enjoyed it in the context of it as the film itself as a sequel to the shining i thought it made uh, total sense i i understood why you know the decisions that were made were made so everything kind of fit together pretty nicely great production design i can tell that mike flanagan really wanted to to make something respectful to everybody's you know kind of creativity and and work so um yeah i really appreciate it for that i do too honestly uh for me what really did it was just the story i felt Mm -hmm. like the story was like a a notch above other sequels because look at look at it Mm -hmm. the first one was oh no pennywise and the second one was oh no pennywise is back the first one was like oh no the hotel oh no my dad and then it's like oh no psychic vampires kidnapping shining kids and Mm -hmm. stealing their souls and killing them and how are we gonna do how are we gonna solve this oh there's this like god of the shining and she's a kid and then danny comes mm-hmm. back and then how's danny gonna fit into this and how's danny gonna use the plot from the previous movie to fit into this movie how when's that gonna come into play and it all comes into play that's the best part about it, it does, everything yeah. comes into play and everything ties together mm-hmm. every last thing from the first movie to the last moment of this movie is relevant to both movies exactly yeah everything everything kind of comes full circle and exactly and and corresponds you know we see really great character development of danny torrance utilizing everything that remember that one uh, i won't really say too much about this but he made like a, a speech that one speech that he made about his dad yeah yeah at, at the meeting at the meeting yeah that was very good you know awesome performance made sense i mean we can attribute you know everything that happened as a kid with his father to who he is now kind of and and he wants to to overcome that you know he he kind of ended up like his father but he doesn't want to be you know he wants to be good i I felt that he he overcame the trauma by accepting and still like seeing like being reflective of himself Mm -hmm. in terms of being his own father because he didn't get to know him so he had to drink to get to know him you know but he still like he still says he did it for jack and like even though his dad tried to kill him you you see like the maturity in him because he still doesn't blame his father he doesn't hate his father even though his dad was a dick like Mm -hmm. he he didn't blame him like he he knew life can be tough on people he knew what alcohol can do to people and that was still his dad in the end so even though like you know he was crazy and tried to kill him in the first one like Mm -hmm. he is still like very similar to his dad and like he does not like seem to hold a grudge against his dad and that's like that's the changing character for that's the difference between being an eight-year-old and being like a 38 year old you know like that's that level of maturity that that forgiveness and i mean when you realize someone has a psychological disorder you know let's say like a mental patient escapes and he kills someone like people like he needs to die but it's like Sure, he killed them, and it may sound fucked up, but it's not his fault he was wired like that. Like, yeah. And once you can, like, realize stuff like that, that these alcoholics, like, they were just wired to be habitual and, you know, addicted to these substances and just angry, like, you kind of really can't get mad because that's just, that's just biological wiring, man. That's just how it is. I mean, I think it takes a more of a level of understanding and empathy and logic really if you look at it purely from a logic 
logical and empathetic. That's how we have to look at things, not logical and judgmental. And that's what Danny did, and that's why he was able to overcome the demons that his father couldn't. So mm -hmm. his father passed the same demons, quote-unquote, these genetic traits for addiction down to his son. And while he did struggle with it most of his life, he eventually overcame that, showed that, like, look, we may have these things that make you habitually addicted to things and make you angry and make you a dick, but it's... It's not who you are. It's just something you have, you know? Yeah. No, I agree completely. And, you know, that shows how The Shining, even though it wasn't explicit and all that stuff, really had that depth and how this movie uh, used it so well to develop the character and, and the story and uh, gave us these really cool moments of him kind of conquering his demons. But also an important thing was the emphasis on uh, how there are these you know, energy-sucking, evil places in the world. It's a very common theme with kings, and it, it's something that, you know, when when it was exposed to Jack and his prior violence and his alcoholism and, and his anger and everything, pushed him over the edge, and now we see that with the hotel too, but also with, you know, something that King loves doing is just exploring these places and these these people or creatures that kind of do the same thing. So we get introduced to the true knot and then, you know, we kind of get more of that lore, more of that world. And, you know, it kind of gives us an outside force now to, to kind of hate because, you know, we know that like the overlook hotel, they're evil and, and they're pushing people and, and killing people and everything. I wouldn't so say evil. I would say like parasitic, yeah. Yeah. you know, cause they were like parasites. They couldn't live without taking the life force mm. from something else. And then, once again, I'd like to point out, kind of not their fault. Right, yeah. No, it, it's, so it's kind of like Just a moral it gray thing. That it's, it's how they survive. It's like a, you know? I don't know, to me it's like a pecking order. Yeah. And it's really Darwinism kind of. and like, <laughs> But it's kind of showing us that, that shining is kind of that, that force that helps mm -hmm. empathize, that help us solve things. So when outside forces like the psychic vampires come and all this stuff, you still have this shining to like yeah. guide you at least, to help you make the right decision, to help you overcome stuff that's, you know, on a different yeah. part of the hierarchy than you. On, on the very like surface as like a nerdy thing, I, I kind of like uh, comparing it to like the force versus, well, not the force. The, the force is one thing, but like the Jedi and the Sith versus the Sith. Yeah, just and how they use the force against each other kind of weirdly similar so then what would the hotel be the hotel is the death star i don't know <laughs> i think the hotel would be the sith uh i mean you know danny would be the rebel alliance I, I think it's like the collective thing of like this random evil because from our perspective we 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 have to kind of you know uh, see them as evil because they kill children and do all this even though yes it is for survival but obviously it goes much deeper than that and and i like that you know it, it doesn't really go super super deep about it and and this movie doesn't hold your hand and give you all this exposition and stuff so it kind of leads you to have to think about things like that for yourself but yeah um i don't really want to say too much more about it but i did like this movie a lot i think some of those things like with abra and stuff like that in my opinion could have been tightened up a little bit more maybe fleshed out a little bit more uh it was already a long movie but you know um those those would be my gripes still a really good movie i don't know where it lands in my top 
10 yet, but um, I really enjoyed it, yeah. It's in my top three for sure. It's it's really between this, Midsummer, and The Lighthouse. And Us? Do you like that song? Us, Us is up there too, but then like Haunt has to be up there too because I yeah. really like Haunt and Candy Corn. So those are... I just revealed maybe my top 10 right there. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting end of the year list, I think for sure. But um, I think it's going to wrap up the Dr. Sleep review. We both really liked it. Not doing super well at the box office. Uh, we saw it in the MJR Epic experience. So kind of like the IMAX. I recommend you go check it out in the theaters if possible. But uh, any support I think will go a long way. Um, they were talking about doing like a sequel and some other stuff. May not get to now. I don't know if they need it. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, But go check out Dr. Sleep if you have not yet. And let us know what you think about it. You can uh, tell us on our social media, Facebook and Instagram, at Grave Discussions. And on Twitter, we are GraveDiscSRD. And you can also check out uh, GraveDiscussions.net for the latest episode, episode archives, host bios, and much, much more. And until next week, boils and ghouls, we're heading back to the crypt, and we will see you on Grave Discussions. This has been an SRD production.